0: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shigrew, and Jack Wright. Bear Down Chicago podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast.
1: All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Now, you may have to adjust your volume levels just a little bit. We're doing this in a very different format. I am not on a Zoom call. I am in real life looking at Jack Wright and Logan Bradley boys, talk to the people, and,
2: and are, 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 they, are they hearing you differently than... <laughs> this is going to actually feel like more of a conversation and less of a podcast, which is a good thing. I'm mm-hmm. looking Jack right in the... <laughs> the two beautiful eyes right now. He's kind of looking at me a little bit. Yeah, no. But the
0: gaze is a little too long. Yeah, if we're I'm not bang. on
2: video this time, so they can't <laughs> see that I'm just staring at you. But oh, I'm excited to be... We've got
0: whiskeys, and we've got beverages, yeah. and yeah. we Try ate Try not some to clank around wings.
1: too much. Beverages have been consumed. Yes. We will just say that. Yes. Um, but we're going to have some fun. Uh, if you want to find Jack on Twitter, you can hit him at BeardownJack. If you want to find Logan on Twitter, you can hit him at BeardownBradley. Uh, now, Brendan Shagru isn't with us... But you can hit him on Twitter at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Patrick Sheldon, you can get him on Twitter at P underscore shells. Now, just as a programming note, boys, i got to get this out of the way. We will not be doing a live YouTube stream uh, this Sunday night. Uh, and that's my fault. I'm going to mm. be in Mexico. I'm not going to watch the Bears game because I'm going to be on a plane to Mexico. And my care factor... Whoa. It's pretty low, yeah. boys. I'm not going to lie to you. It's. Uh, I would much rather be on a plane in Mexico than watch this terrible football team play terrible football. I don't know. But we're going to break it down anyway. Well, we're obviously. Gonna break it down anyway. Yeah, right. We're going to break it down. It's going to be fun. Uh, before we get too far into it, we have a couple people that we need to thank. And so let's go ahead and do that right now, boys.
0: The Bear Down Chicago podcast is sponsored by Sheridan's Barbershop. You know it. You love it. We love it. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. With six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours too the Barbershop, where traditional meets modern.
2: If you're looking to buy or sell a house in the Chicagoland area, I do have the guy for you. That is Geneva Jeff. Interest rates are up. Prices are up. Is real estate dead? It's not. But when you have questions, Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties. Christie's International has your answers. Jeff's 15 years of experience has been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes because of his commitment to his clients. To connect with Jeff, visit GenevaJeff.com today. Now, boys, the Detroit Lions.
1: I guess we, we should also start this by saying our good friends at Roar of the Lions, like... I already talked about them and Matt, especially at roar of the lions. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had our live YouTube streams. And so like a huge shout out to them, but also we're kind of jerks because we invited them on today and it's really late UK time. So they weren't able to make it. So guys, please don't hate us. Uh, we are fans of you. We're not fans of the lions, but we are fans of you.
0: It might help Matt. If we just, maybe a compliment would soothe the situation. I'll just tell you the lady listeners love your voice, my friend. And I do, too, if I'm being honest. That accent, it's
2: golden. And and some people might say that we're maybe ducking them because of how things have gone this year for our two teams. But, you know, we're not.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Jack <laughs> mad.
2: It's gonna happen right now. I want the
1: Lions to win. I, I can't I believe I'm saying that. I you know, if it was the Green Bay Packers, I don't know. We we spent a lot of time talking about this on on the post game pod. But you know, if it was the Green Bay Packers, I would feel totally different. I, I would I would throw up middle fingers and be like, I don't care. It's the Green Bay Packers. I want to see a win. But it's not. I don't hate the Lions. I don't hate the Vikings the way that I hate the Green Bay Packers. And so.
2: And I want draft picks. It, it, in this scenario, I think it could be the Packers. It could be any team at all. And this is one of the specific situations where I'm fine with a, a full-on tank job of of just losing this game because what does what does a win in this game do for us and in the long run just the idea and the value of having that number 1 pick even as opposed to the number 2 pick like i saw the the trade scenarios floating around today of like yeah. a trade with the bengals and getting to there is just so much you can do for your future
1: okay okay so let's go let's go to that specific scenario to you jack t higgins if the Bengals say, "Hey, we really want premier pass rusher. We want a, a three technique, and we got to get one of those top two guys, and we're willing to give you our first round pick as well as T. Higgins, and maybe I don't know something else on the line. I don't remember exact details of the trade scenario. It was on Bears Wire. Shout out to Bears Wire. Um, <laughs> what, do, what do you think, dude? Do you, do you make that trade?
0: I do like T. Higgins quite a bit. I think he is the prototype of the receiver that we want and that we've been missing in Bears nation he's mm-hmm. tall he's rangy he's fast he goes up and he gets contested footballs mm-hmm. um, it, he he might fit the role of the number one where Cincy he picking I guess would be a question I would have because what I would wonder is if if we still have the ability if we do make that trade to still somehow address it early in that draft early somewhere in the first round yeah. those interior yeah. defensive linemen gaps and and those edge rushing gaps yeah. because i do think you, i think personally you, you've got to you've got to make the the defensive line a priority and so i don't i'm not yeah. sure you make that trade if you can if you have the one and you can get two mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. which i realize is a big ask but both seattle and i believe detroit have two first round picks Mm -hmm. so that might be a big ask but i I would maybe rather see them go in a direction like
2: like that i do completely agree with that because i I haven't watched a ton of him but Jalen carter of georgia is is a man playing amongst boys absolutely but if you get him him or will anderson right now at this point i think looking towards the future would make a larger difference for this Bears team than a T. Higgins as much as T. Higgins would step in and I think be able to take over a number one role. It's just that I don't have to explain how bad the defensive line has been and how talent deficient it is. There's nothing. A a true pass rusher or a a,
1: a true three technique that's a game changer at that position. I, I agree with you, but I also think like this offense stinks if they can't run the football because they don't have a legitimate weapon. Now, you know, Chase Claypool is hurt, mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney is hurt. Now, with those guys with an off season plus a T Higgins, like, good lord, maybe we're scoring forty points a game or something crazy like that. But but I but I I, I tend to agree with you guys though. So, I don't know why that name just kind of stuck out to me a little bit
0: more than anything else. The, the difficulty, though, I think, especially with the wide receiver position, is I'm not sure their options are great because I, I don't think the free agent class is going to be terrific. I don't know as if there's a Jamar Chase in this mm-hmm. draft. Yeah, right, right. So so then I, I'm starting to look at it as, you know, perhaps the T. Higgins choice is the best choice if you're going to find that whole high profile you know, one receiver. I'm not sure where else you get it, Ryan. Well, we, but you we, don't get it in that trade. We've
1: talked about it ad nauseum, which is the the reason why they traded for Chase Claypool is because this free agent crop of wide receivers mm-hmm. is hot garbage. Right. And so Chase Claypool, in a lot of people's minds, and I think I, I'm included in that, is he's better than any of the guys that you're going to get in free agency coming around. So, but a T Higgins, man, that's I mean, and just thinking about T Higgins with. Claypool mm-hmm. and Mooney,
2: that's a, that's a legitimate yeah. wide receiver group there. And that, then I mean, all of a sudden you're probably able to have Darnell Mooney be in more of a position to do the things that he does well as opposed to having him be that like number one, even number two alpha wide receiver. It's not to say that he can't fill that like solid number two receiver role, but man, when you have guys in positions who are talented enough to be playing in those spots, it, I feel like it just frees everybody up to be able to play the role that they want to play but just in the long run, when you're looking at acquiring these players, I just, I think it's just important to continue to remember that there's so many different needs on this team. Yeah. And, and again, I know that Dangle, you specifically are on the, and most fans are obviously understand that we need offense, but it's just like, I see Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, and, and if you're able to get one of those guys and not have to trade out, that's, that's a huge, huge hole that you're filling.
1: I'm in a tough spot because I think I definitely lean more towards Jalen Carter again that again the three technique mm-hmm. I just it's it's such a need and it a guy plugging up those holes and also can pass rush at the same mm-hmm. time. but the flip side is what you can get for the first second yeah. or third overall pick yeah. I mean it's it hopefully it's it's a a once in a 10 20 30 40 50 year thing i mean the bears haven't picked inside the the top four i mean yeah. I, I, it's been a long long time they've been a top 10 pick we got roquan out of it roquan a good player all that stuff mm-hmm. just think you know it's it's different <sighs> it's much different yeah it, it just puts us in a different position which yeah. we got to come back to the whole fact of hey we have to play the detroit lions we we and we're do. talking about it now jack i know you want this team to win Or have you changed your mind at all?
0: Well, well, I guess what circling back, what I would ask you guys is if they play a a great game, cause turnovers, have some truly proficient offense, and things click, it's fun to watch, Mm -hmm. you get yourself caught up in it a little bit, and they do win, are you going to be like... Will you be super upset? It's really hard. I I will admittedly say it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. I suppose as as a a former player and coach, it is very difficult for me to, like, I understand the logic. I understand the draft pick. I understand all of that. I do. I'm sympathetic to it. But in my world, I just can't think of an instance in Mm -hmm. which I'd be happy that the Bears lost or that if they, like, Play like absolute crap. I would be like, if 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 they just get beat by the Detroit Lions,
2: so be it. I, I I'm like I think with the way that I approach life is that I'm like a what happens happens. What yeah. happens is meant to be, guys. So when the game starts, I'm not going to be like, all right, Justin Fields, let's take a nice little sack here. Let's Montgomery. <laughs> let's you know let's slide and get a two yard gain as opposed right. to an eight yard gain. I'll be cheering for the Bears. I'll be wanting to see every single player do well. But at the end of the day, if they end up losing, it'll be like, nice. Nice. See, I, I'm
1: over. in the mindset that I want to continue watching a lot of Bears football the way that I have this whole season, where they've been hyper-competitive. Mm-hmm. They've kept it close. We've gotten to watch a couple plays that just, mm-hmm. you know, make you sit in your chair and just, yeah, wow, the wow factor is high. But then we lose. Like, right. I'm okay. That's, like, that's, that's that For me, that's an ideal that's situation. Ideal. I, like... To the point where we can see, we can continue to see Justin Fields as the guy. We can continue to see that Eber Flus, especially the defense. I mean, the defense has played really well for the last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks. if we continue to see that and the Bears lose, I I couldn't be happier.
2: That's what I mean. I think you have the right guys right now who are healthy. I think you have the right guys like Kyler Gordon, like Brisker, like Justin Fields who are playing well. So, which has made this long losing streak. Almost like at some points, I to be honest with you, I forget that we're on a losing streak just because Eyes to the Future, the right guy, if those right guys weren't playing well and we were losing all these games, then it's like a truly depressing situation, but it's just, I'm, I'm alright with all this happening as long as those, that crop of like four to five guys are playing well. I can look past it. Yeah,
1: because it's the future. Yeah. You know, it's the future. Yeah. Let, let's look a little bit at the Detroit Lions boys. And again, I wish our Roar of the Lions guys were here with us. Um, I I remember Jack, you and I sitting there in the interview with those guys, and they were one in five at that point, And I just was super confident that the Bears were going to win. And I remember asking them the question: Is Dan Campbell going to make it? Mm-hmm. Well, since then they've been a tear. You know, they 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 obviously beat Green Bay the week before, which we kind of thought was a little bit, bit of a fluke. At least I thought it was a bit of a fluke. And then their offense started clicking again. I I'm you can hear it in my voice, Jared Goff is a good quarterback right now. <laughs> I, think,
2: I think he deserves much more credit than he gets, even before this this streak. I think everybody kind of after a few years of his career understood what he was. It's like, okay, he's probably not the guy who is a caliber of a guy who you think is a former number one pick and probably didn't live up to the billing of a number one pick, but he took a team to a Super Bowl. He didn't win that Super Bowl, but he is... He's a quarterback that you can win with in the NFL. I don't know about win a Super Bowl, but, like, man, he's probably better than half-starting quarterbacks in the league, I would say. They're loaded on offense. They are. They're loaded with
0: St. Brown, Hawkinson. Now they've got uh, Jameson Williams back, whose ceiling is through the roof, practically. Both the running backs are healthy, last I checked. They, offensively, they're they're loaded. And so I think in that regard... They, they present a, a real viable threat. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I watched Hard Knocks, and, and I think, you know, in some ways maybe there's a comparison here with Floos because, you know, the hits principles and some of the coach speak, mm-hmm. Some you know, that gets criticized in the media. But I do think, like, when you're in the room and if you are able to – I mean, we've played organized sports. If, if, if you've got a leader who's able to convince the folks in the mm-hmm. room that this is what we're all – singleness of purpose going for. Yes. It can work and I think they like some guys have bought in with Lucius's philosophy and they've certainly bought bought in with Campbell no matter how silly we think perhaps it is. It I think they're in.
2: Yeah, I think Dan Campbell more than any other coach in the NFL is one of those guys where it's like when things are going great, you're like, I love Dan Campbell. And then when things are going bad, you're like, what the <laughs> F are we doing with Dan Campbell? It's our head coach. This guy is crying at every single postgame press conference. Like, I... I'm sure it would be infuriating at times to have him as your coach, but the one thing that like, I do appreciate is somebody who's passionate about like, when you're on a team, being passionate towards it, you can tell that that guy, like, it truly means everything to him, which is, I'm sure, from a player's perspective, if you, if you are a player who has bought into everything and you see your coach doing that, I'm sure that that does go a long way, and probably has gone a long way, when you have the, the amount of losing that they had at the beginning of the year to be able to get them out of that, so... They've won six out of eight. I mean, that's
1: incredible. And the one that really stood out to me as I'm looking at this is, and I didn't realize that they pounded the Jaguars 14 to 40. I mean, the Jaguars is, is, is one of the hot teams right now that people keep talking about. Trevor Lawrence is playing particularly well. Uh, you know, they beat the Vikings. They, <laughs> they beat the Jets. I mean, they're they're playing teams. They played the Bills tight. They only lost by three to the Bills. Uh, it. I got to pause here for a second. I'm not cheering for the Detroit Lions to make it to the playoffs, but like, if they if they go, like, I'm not cheering against them. I'm not act you know the way that it, that we actively cheer against mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers. Like, if they get there and and they you know are in a game, like, good for them. Like, truly good for them. Especially you know NFC North. It's nice to see somebody that's not you know mm-hmm. the the d bag up north yeah. and, and uh wearing 12 you know like just somehow some way i mean i'd love i'd love to see it and you know that last game of the
2: season for them you know it's just it's gonna be fun it's yeah. gonna be fun to watch can i ask a, a meatball hypothetical but i just like it but if you I could take love, meatball if you could take one player from the lions and pop him on the bears who would it be offense or defense i'm on ross st brown
1: i mean he's he's clearly the better of the st brown brothers and i just he's he's
2: a he's a true weapon mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, off the top of my head that's what i was thinking yeah i mean i think that there's two options i think it's him or aiden hutchinson at this point cuz he's going to take hutchinson right
0: i mean i think he's it's nice to see a high impact player you know out of out of michigan at have an immediate uh, you know impact <laughs> off the edge what? are you just distasteful no i just, just, I hate <laughs> no, just good for you oh to of course say I, hate Michigan, yes. I just hate Michigan so. well I mean I, I was trying to think like top three because I think St. Brown would probably be be my mm-hmm. one and yeah. I was trying to figure out if either the, is Swift or mm-hmm. uh, w-
2: Jamal Williams or
0: Jamal Williams I think if you had your and then where would Hawkinson fit
2: I mean but he's not on he's not on the lines anymore yeah. oh that's right he, he got, was, got uh, traded I, I was, yeah uh, that's why misspoke
1: which Wow, okay, are we we talk about yeah. that for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
2: That is interesting.
1: That's one of your best playmakers and you got rid of him and you somehow got better? Like in division. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me how that whole trade came came about. I mean, Logan, I don't know if you have any more insight into, you know, what they were thinking or what was going on with that.
2: It's very unusual. They got a so they got a 2023 second round pick, a 2024 third round pick. And the Vikings got a 2023 fourth round pick and Hawkinson, and a conditional 2024 fourth. That's a mouthful. Um, but I don't know. I, that's that's very rare to see an impact player traded within the division mid season, and he's crushing it now for the Vikings too. Crushing he's opened it. Up, he's opened up their offense and added another element next it, to Jefferson. It seems like it's a win win. And
1: if if somehow some way both teams end up in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like never would have
2: seen that coming no never would have seen At that the coming At the same time like the i mean shane zylstra out of nowhere had three touchdowns this past weekend for the lions so i guess maybe they do have another tight end but brock wright and shane zylstra are their other tight ends it's like they must have some sort of plan there because it's not like either of those names really jump off the page i know james mitchell i'm pretty sure he's a young decent player but very very random but yeah
1: seems like it's worked out decently I wish the Roar the Lions guys were here because I want to ask them a little bit about Jared Goff's future. Now, I mm-hmm. guess I'm, I'm leaning your way, Logan, just because mm-hmm. I know you feel a little bit stronger about him than, than I have. I always just felt like he was just a slightly glorified Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Like you could win with him if in the right system, but, but he had limitations. But it seems like that's probably not
2: the case necessarily. Mm-hmm. Do they draft a quarterback? I, I think that they probably do because they'll be in the top, you know 7 8 picks depending on what happens the rest of the year but you still like Jared Goff I think is the type of quarterback where it's like as long as every he has everything around him like the Lions have a phenomenal offensive line they obviously have weapons at that point so like I think that You've seen it. He's he's making it work. I think when it's like if he had the Bears' weapons, like if he was you plopped him onto this Bears offense, people would probably be calling for his head at this point. But and it's credit to him that's not supposed to be like a, a knock on him. Like every quarterback deserves to have weapons and everything. That should be the right situation. But at the same time, if you're the Lions, you're you're definitely going to draft a quarterback whether it's this year or the next year, rather high.
0: What is it about Goff? that gives you the cringes, right? Because there's not a level of confidence that mm-hmm. from the Rams or for the Lions that you'd be like, I would like that guy to be my quarterback. But as you mentioned, he's proven he's reputable.
1: I, I, I think just off the top of my head, That it is we are seeing a movement of quarterbacks, and I'm using that word very specifically, Mm -hmm. that are mobile, that can move, that have to be able to move. I mean, like, you you look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and he is an old-school pocket passer. He's not a mobile guy, and I think maybe there's, there's some part of me that is kind of feeling like... It, it, he, he's in the past, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. I I don't I don't you know just the way that we, you know we had our conversation about Valus, I don't wish any ill will on him in any way, shape, or form. I don't I don't think anything negative about him as a human being. Um, I just you know he he doesn't give me that wow factor. You know the way that
2: Justin Fields gives me that wow factor. Yeah, does that make no, sense? The the wow factor is the right thing. I think in today's day and age, the. The quarterback has always mattered so much, but even more so today. And like you said, if you have a quarterback who doesn't use his legs, he needs to be like Joe Burrow, where he's just an absolute assassin, and you know that he can do every—and and Burrow can use his legs a little bit. but well, I was going like, to say, yeah, he, he's not a statue. No, no, he's not by any means. So I think that's the thing, is like Goff is, as far as I know and remember, pretty limited legs-wise, so it's like— there you want to be just a, like out of this world passer to be a franchise quarterback he's a good passer and I think that he's a solid leader so I think he's I think he's perfect for what the Lions have needed this year and past that I don't know I guess you'd have to ask a Lions fan or somebody within the organization
1: you made me think of an, another meatball question because why not we're having fun and we're all in person mm-hmm. and we like we said there were beverages earlier what would the Lions look like if Justin Fields was their
0: quarterback? <laughs> wow. I mean, that, to add another dynamic player of that level to the already dynamic players that we've mentioned, yeah. I guess the one thing that I would like to know a little bit more about, because I've never done a deep dive on it, is the, is the extent to which they are trusting their offensive it, line. A lot.
2: Taylor Decker. Uh, Frank the, Ragnow was a first-round pick. Penae Sewell was a first-round pick from that dude is like two a years ago, who was monster. picked before Jamar Chase. I think it was all right it, then. It, like they have, they have a phenomenal offensive line. Yeah, he would, he would tear it up it, with with the weapons and the line that the Lions have. He would. I mean, is he MVP candidate? Qual I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, want to go. I don't want to go crazy, Yeah, this is
1: obviously we're we're yeah. going as meatball you know as as possible, because, my friends.
2: Because this is hypothetical. Yes, he's actually already won Two MVPs this (laughs) year and this year, he won last year as well. Yeah. All right. Totally.
1: (laughs) Um, all right, so let's do this, boys. Let's let's think about how we think this game is going to play out. Um, you know, score predictions, sure that whatever they are, I don't really care uh, the accuracy of that. More so, I want to know: Do you think they're going to win or they're going to lose? Um, before we get to some of Logan's bets, which fantasy advice, I mean, really, it's it's people are talking about their yeah, just good luck at this point. I hope you're in your championship <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh, Jack and I are looking. We are in the losers bracket, so we can't be too salty about it. And I'm I'm a little mad because I started. Justin Fields and I started Cole Komet and if I had started Higby and Joe Burrow That would have been an easy dub for me, but instead I got smoked.
0: Well, and kind of funny, I suppose, in some ways, that I was mentioning Hawkinson (laughs) because I wouldn't have won if he hadn't had the game that he had last last week. I believe he had three tutties. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It's
1: crazy. All right, so, Logan, break it down. What are you thinking is going to happen in this game? Who comes out victorious?
2: Both run defenses were were so bad last week. Um, I think that the Bears' run defense is obviously still much worse than the Lions. I— I think with a coach like Dan Campbell and after what happened last week with the Lions basically getting boat raced by a surging Panthers team at the moment, I, I think that the Lions are going to win this decently well because they have the motivation factor, which the Bears do not have. So I, I think, let's see what the spread of this game is. So the Lions are six-point favorites. I see the Lions winning this by double digits probably rather easily. I see a Lions win as well. I
0: mean, it just again with the injuries that the that the Chicago Bears are facing, with the some of the the guys that they've already stashed on the IR, which I do think are you know business decisions that were wise business decisions at this point of the year. Uh, we can't hang. I mean, I just think there's been this constant theme that we've noticed Eagles, and and Bills, and, and Lions, and you know we we have a a, a talent deficiency that there's just no way to avoid. So, uh you want to score?
1: I mean, sure if you want to throw one out there, that's fine, but do I'm... we think it's
0: going to be a high-scoring game?
2: Yeah, so if Vegas does. Vegas the does. total is uh, 52 right now cuz I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of defense.
0: Cuz I was going to say I think, I mean, I think the lines will be in the high 30s. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would I would put then I would put I know that's pretty vague, but then I would put the Bears in the high 20s. I think that's totally
1: reasonable. Mm. Though I will say this, as you both are saying it, and maybe it's just being in the room in a physical space for the first time while doing this podcast, uh, I, I don't know. It makes me a little nervous that, and, and I can't believe I'm saying that, nervous that the Bears might spoil, might win, and just ruin that draft position. I, Oh man, that's going to be a tough one. No, I still think the Lions win. I think... Dan Campbell has this team hungry right now. I think they want to bounce back after last week, and I, you know, I know the coaching staff is not in on the tank, but you know, I do. So I, I think Lions win, but I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than than what what Logan was talking
2: about. Yeah, I guess. He... You do forget, like I don't care what week it is, but whenever you have like later season divisional games, the teams know each other. So uh, honestly, we have, we haven't talked about bats yet, but under fifty two is probably not a not a bad bet in that game.
0: It's unusual that that Fields revealed so little of the explosiveness that we've come to know. Uh, I think I tweeted that you know in the third quarter when it seemed like we were out of it. Uh, we're dead in the water. That was about the time when Fields usually pops off a fifty mm-hmm. or sixty yard dynamic run. So to to me, that's a, that will be a huge factor, not only in the outcome of the game, but also in terms of wagering. If if he's been given a directive to run a little bit less, which I think is probably feasible that he was they want him to have game time they want him to have experience they want to continue to put him out there to read defenses uh you know to make plays to continue to develop as a quarterback hey but how about you do that without putting yourself in a position to have a major injury which if that means he's not running then then the bears get boat raced because really there's no real plan b for offense for the bears Mm -hmm. if he's not playing that dynamic
2: role at the same time it, it, there's there's so many hypotheticals here but like w- when while you're saying that I do think like yeah that's probably a smart decision The coaches should go to him and be like hey like let's try to you know take your foot off the gas a little bit this week but I think with a player like that you I I would just stay away from doing that because I think then maybe you get a little bit into his head and maybe he starts to second guess himself at times and that god i have no idea how fast the game of football moves in the nfl but to be making decisions like that on a split second basis i don't know it might almost be better to just be like go out play play your same football game because once you start making declarations like that i think things start to get scary and i'm sure as an athlete to second guess yourself that quickly is that's scary He's a hyper competitor. Yeah.
1: And I and yeah. I, I I think even when they say, "Hey, you know, be smart in your decisions," it's also
2: dude wants to play. Yeah. And I think he's smart as it is with yeah. his decisions usually. I don't yeah. think he does I think he put it for as much as he runs. I don't think he puts himself in harm's way too often unless you're in Damaconse and yes. you're going to punch yeah. him in the head. And that's just oh, luckily he doesn't play full lines anymore, so I yeah, I, I used to hate the Lions. But yeah. now I just eh, yeah. Hey, be careful. One day when you down the road we might be like, Well, now I do hate the Lions, those pesky little A holes. Honestly, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to think about that. Like, what if
1: it was you know, let, let's just again meatball take for fun. What if it is the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears battling best. back and forth between for the NFC North, like I mean, yeah, if any Packers fan is hearing this right now,
2: they're laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, would be too. Or the Vikings who are what of, you know, 12 yeah. and whatever. But
0: in terms of arrows point, pointing up, I yeah, mean, yeah. in yeah. terms of the ways in which teams are seemingly mm-hmm. set up, I mean, the Lions are at a bit of disadvantage with their with their defense but are still loaded in so many positions. Yeah. If they yeah. can figure out ways to bolster that defense – I mean, maybe it's our bias against Green Bay, but it just seems as though they're the least viable mm-hmm. long-term competitive team in the division because of the decision they made to sign Aaron Rodgers for so much damn money and let Adams walk away.
1: I, I, Devon, how do you let I mean, I just I, they thought that Aaron could do it, but I, he needs weapons too like everybody else. Everybody needs them. Yeah, So Logan, um, because I am totally inept when it comes to betting, uh, what should
2: I be looking for this weekend? What what, what are you sending our way? Sure. So I have two, and then I'll give a a future that I was actually just saying right before we started recording. But the two bets that I think that I'm looking at this weekend, so we have the Jaguars at the Texans, the Jaguars minus four and a half, I think is one bet that I will be making because Trevor Lawrence if, if you watch him play week after week it, it seems like over the past th- this second half of the season that started to click for him which is super cool because it's another example of people are starting to talk about how he was a boss already last year because he had an absolute idiot for a head coach and the, and the, all the difference that a year makes because now all of a sudden the Jaguars are winning the AFC South um, and they, they're leading that division. The Texans, I don't know what they have to play for at this point, except for maybe the first overall pick, which means I don't know how they cover 4.5 points against a team that's playing very, very well. So Jaguars minus 4.5 on the road. The other one that I'm looking at is the Colts and Giants under 39.5. When you think of that game, so Nick Foles is going to be starting again for the Colts which, I mean, I, they scored three points last night <laughs> wow. against the Chargers. Um, and then the terrible. Giants haven't scored more than 24 points in a game since October 9th. And the Colts' defense is more than respectable. They held the Chargers to 20 points, I believe, last night. So at, at this point in the year, I, I love that under 39.5, maybe even more than the Jags, minus 4.5. In terms of futures, I, I think there's a tons of different ways that you can go for which teams you like to win the Super Bowl, but... I think the Chiefs being plus five hundred, which would mean if you put down a ten dollar bet, let's say you'd be paying out sixty dollars or a hundred, you'd be paying out six hundred if they're to win. I just I, I'm, that's a bet on Patrick Mahomes more than it's a bet on anything else right now. The Bills are the favorite to win. Then you have the Eagles and then the Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna bet on the guy who's done it before, who's won a Super Bowl before, who is superhuman. Uh, I just think that's a really good price at this point in the year on the Chiefs. So plus 500, and uh, yeah, good luck.
1: Matt Nagy has a chance <laughs> to win a Super oh Bowl.
2: <laughs> I... yep. good, good for him. I mean, good for him. Would he be winning the Super Bowl, or would they be winning it in spite of Matt Nagy? He's, I don't know, he's
0: Patty Mahomes' right-hand man every time he comes off the field. Just, I it's, like, it's
2: like a make-a-wish. I, I, I truly believe <laughs> that this is a make-a-wish situation. And at one point, like, what's his name, Chris Connolly, or whoever the yes. host of that is going to come out at the end of the year, pat Matt Nagy on the back and be like, oh, wasn't that fun? <laughs> While there was another quarterback's coach in the background who was, like, pulling all the real strings. <laughs> Cam Ellis, when he was
1: on, he, you know, in the in the way that only Cam Ellis can do it, was talking about maybe Matt Nagy is a good quarterback coach. Like, a really, because yeah. he knows his X's and O's. He knows technique. He knows all that stuff. He just can't be a head coach. No. And which, in, in that regard, you know, like, good for you. Like, go back to your role. I know for most guys to the NFL, it's, I want to get that head job. I want to get that mm. head job. I want to get that head job. When it's, like, sometimes, like, bro, you could be phenomenal in that role and just stay there you know ron rivera like you know i don't i don't want to knock on washington or anything like that but like he's one of the best defensive minds in the nfl for a very long time like if he was a defensive coordinator for whoever vic fangio another mm-hmm. example right stay a defensive coordinator you might you have a better chance of getting a ring than you would do as a head coach how about an even more timely example nathaniel hackett oh,
0: oh, oh my god somebody i don't maybe it was shells or brendan on this podcast <laughs> was full bore for Nathaniel Hackett as being like one of the greatest coaches look, to man. have ever yeah. developed in oh um, that was me I apologize <laughs> that was that was, that was, that was me don't, don't but you know Andy Reid's not an idiot right so I mean that's got to say something about the fact that he's bringing you know visor coach back yeah. if he was terrible I don't think you'd have him on a staff so I think there's maybe some credence to what yeah. Cam was
1: so, saying definitely. so that was probably your worst take of the season <laughs> oh, yeah. mine was saying that the Seahawks the Giants and the Jets would all be like sub like 500 teams and just be terrible um, I just right. thought they were going to all be
2: awful I told people to trade for Cortland Sutton I think in fantasy football at one oh, point and he's just yeah. been hot duty water so he's yeah. so angry yeah. I saw it made, too yeah. he's so angry yeah. at yeah. Us. Yeah. let's say it's, yeah, oh. it's it's not Cortland oh. Sutton. It's Russ. And yeah, it's Russ. Russ. Man, that is that's a that's bad all yeah. across the board. Yeah, I don't, you, don't care how you look at it. At any it. point, if you're feeling down as a football fan, I don't know why you're listening to this. If you're not a fan of the Bears and you're a fan of like a team outside of the NFC North, but if you're not feeling good, just you're not the Broncos. Hopefully, yeah. you're not a we, fan. Of we that. could have had Hackett and Russ. Oh, my God. Right? Hackett was in, in the conversation. I think,
1: th- think about how excited you would have been when the initial hire happened. Yes, and then yeah. they traded for him. And you're ah, like, this is let's it. Let's go. Super Bowl forever. Whoa, yeah, And no, no, that's, that didn't happen. The only one I want to talk just really, really quick about is the Tua situation. I was one of the people that was just railing on Tua for the just awful terrible performance i don't obviously i didn't want to see the green bay packers win and now realizing that he was in concussion or should have been in concussion protocol in the second half of that game and that's why he was throwing those interceptions like i feel like we've said this a lot on this podcast that these are human beings and like the human being part of me i've had four concussions in my life and i feel the repercussions from it like you know um there are some spots in my memory and you know, I'm not going to go into the details about it, but I just, I've had four and I can't imagine what he's going through. And like from human to human, like I don't want to see him play football anymore. Like, I, I mean, I don't, you know, that's his decision mm-hmm. obviously that, that he's got to make, but like my heart goes out to him and his family in the, and in, in, in every way. And I mean, especially after like the game we all saw, where he's like shaking, you know like
2: convulsing on like on the ground like oh bro it's the this off season. i would hope that the higher ups within the nfl whoever has a say in this takes a really hard long look at what is being done for that because i know that there's people who are up in the booth as spotters whose sole job is to look for things like this and uh, apparently that's not working. So as the NFL, as the league that is making billions and billions of dollars, figure something else out. Figure out a way to try to keep these guys safe in a game that's just inherently unsafe. But it, it is, it's It's really hard to see that happen over and over again to a human being who that just it shouldn't be happening to anyone who's just trying to play the sport that they love.
0: As much as we love the NFL, the billions and billions of dollars might be the key, Uh, whether it be elevating black coaches, whether it be domestic abuse, whether it be uh, concussion protocol. You can talk the talk, but they haven't walked the walk. As much as we all love the NFL, I think we do it with eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. In terms of all three of those, they fall short without—I think there's not a whole lot of debate about that. And the only other thing I'd say, I suppose, about Tua and the the concussions, having— also, you know, uh, incurred quite a few concussions throughout my playing time and watching the transition in the game quite literally when I was coaching from, hey, Ryan, you've got a dinger to oh, we're yeah. going to run you through a diagnostic test. We're going to hold you out until you pass it. And really, honestly, being guilty of thinking, well, this is kind of bullshit. Let's get these kids back in there. Now I'm at a point with my kids playing. I'm a little bit older. I'm more keenly aware of the physicality of the game. the the human body is just not designed to take the kind of abuse when I was young I thrived on it I wanted that physicality I wanted that abuse Mm -hmm. but I think now as you kind of like zoom out and look at it and you think about the residual impact of what is happening to these guys and they're choosing to do it and they're making plenty of money but there's no denying right it's like I don't know like like the Romans and like straight up old school it's about the physicality and the violence of the sport that's paying
1: I, th- this was not my intention, but we are planning on having a former Chicago Bear, I'm not going to name him just to make sure that everything works through, um, coming through. And he, he played, uh, let's I want to say, 80s and 90s. Um, and the difficulties that he's having in his old age now, because of his playing days, like you know when i hear bob from schaumburg call in you know and just for everyone that's listening that doesn't know bob from Schomburg is every time there's a meatball take that's we we say it's bob from Schomburg, and he's like ah in the 80s they used to, to hit you know and you could hit the quarterback and yeah man
2: but like some of those dudes can't walk right we, yeah, now we know a little bit more now than we we knew at that time yeah we, we they didn't know what those hits were doing and I, now we Kind yeah. of a good idea. So, so yeah. How do you take a, a, a physical game that
1: that's one of the best parts about watching it? We love mm-hmm. watching big hits, and there are times when it's like you see the refs that are. It's like, come on, man. No, that was textbook tackle. It mm-hmm. was perfect, but they throw a penalty. It's yeah. like they're trying to protect these guys, yeah. and they're human beings. And, and Logan, as you said, it, it happens so fast that it's just something that we can't all comprehend. Yeah. You know. Well, I, long-winded way of saying to, i hope you're okay and, yeah. and we're, we're you know we're we're sending good vibes your way and
0: you see jj watt stepping away and you understand yeah, why he's 33 yeah. years old guys yeah. and he's still playing pretty darn good football and if like guys like him and other guys are, are making those decisions it's with their own health and mm-hmm. well-being in mind
2: andrew luck and i don't blame him right the guy and the there's some linebacker for the 49ers i feel like maybe like seven or eight years ago at this point it was like A first, second round pick, and then he stepped away after one year. I don't remember what his name was, but that's probably going to be more commonplace nowadays than they used to. All right, boys, last question before we get out of here.
1: Do you adopt a team going into the playoffs? Is there a team that you're
2: watching now as, as things go on? I'm. I adopt whoever the most recent bet I placed. That is my uh, adopted <laughs> son. That is who I'm cheering for. No, I've never. Uh, I've never been a big. I think that there's teams who I'm like more. So like, yeah, I would like to see them do well, or I'd like to see you know the classic under, underdog story do well. But for me, it's uh, it's most mostly the wagers at this point in my life. now.
0: I think Ryan knows. I've, I've been on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon mm-hmm. for a while. I I was you know kind of had a woody for Josh Allen <laughs> before Josh Allen fully came to fruition and I'm not trying to be like oh I was way ahead of the game but you could just see with his size and mobility and arm strength that he was going to be amongst the best quarterbacks in the game and so then they started adding weapons around him I don't love like front runners so you know I'm a little less juiced about rooting for the Bills yeah but I still like the Bills
1: Bills and 49ers. I don't know. I've just, I've always had a love for the s- city of San Francisco. I've uh, been out there a couple times. Jack and I actually, we, we flew out there a couple years back and we rented motorcycles and rode up and down the coast. It was it's literally one of my favorite memories. Um, and uh, just, I've always loved the city and especially, you know, watching the 49ers just and the Green Bay Packers, Packers just continually just makes me so happy. boys. Thank you. This was fun. fun. Um, And so for all of you who are listening, uh, let us know. I mean, the last time I said that there was a huge drop in sound quality, a couple listeners reached out to me and said, hey, Dengel, are you insane? We couldn't (laughs) notice anything. So maybe you will notice something in this episode. Maybe you won't notice. It it doesn't matter. Um, Just kind of let us know. Uh, Either way, uh, just because we love interacting with all of you. And in the off season, we've got some fun stuff planned for all of you. It's just, Logan, I mean, this dude, I know we we talked about it on, on our last live podcast, but... But it's so great to have you back. And you being in town and just sitting around at a
2: table talking bears, this has been a lot of fun, boys. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm lucky to do this with you guys whenever I get the chance to.
0: Where they can find us. Like, they can get us on YouTube, right? Yep. want them to subscribe. Bear Down Chai Pod. Give us some likes. Give us some listens. And more so than just plugging us, I was also going to say, with the bears being, I guess, as bad as they are, we still love the conversation, and I know that some of you all do, too. So don't ever hesitate. You can, you can DM us if you want. We'd yep. love to chat with you all. Uh, reach out to us uh, anytime that you like.
1: So well said, boys. So for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, that's Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagoo, I'm Ryan Daniel. Folks, thank you so very much for hanging out with us. And as always, Bear Down Chicago.